Some people hear the news about fatbergs clogging up the sewers of major cities and just think, gross. Today's guest decided to do something about it and launched a product that makes disposing of cooking grease easier and keeps it out of our drains. I'm Matt Mowry. I'm Nathan Carroll, and welcome to BizCast NH. curious if you enjoy any fried foods. Have you seen me? I have. Body by fried foods. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> love them. And you know, and, and, and here's the thing. They, you could, everything from a really good fry, uh-huh. which is, you know, not always easy to find, mm-hmm. up to like, you know, a beautiful arancini ball. You know, <gasps> there's just such a range yeah. of what you can do from low end to high end. And um, I have made it my life's work to to try and find the whole yeah. spectrum. <laughs> How about like fried Oreos, fried ice cream? You know, I, I will say this. I have tried a fried Oreo at mm-hmm. a fair and mm-hmm. I thought this will be the nadir of like, all my junk food. Penultimate thing. I don't think you can improve on an Oreo. Uh, I think deep frying it did not exactly do it for okay. me. But what about you? What What's your, your go-to tasty treat? Um, it's not necessarily something I have all the time, but it's fried seafood. It's uh-huh. like fried scallops. <gasps> oh my God. And and that's kind of like a summer treat for me. You know, we try to spend some time on, the, on Cape Cod in the summertime and it is like the first thing that I eat. It's the last thing and the middle thing that I eat too. But is it's that just, summer for you right there? Yeah. The oh, plate? it's summer. Yeah. Like it, the, the um, you know, scallops and, and clams, the onion rings, the fries, they get a little bit like a little bit mushy in the cardboard box that it comes in and it's amazing. And it's, yeah. And, and I feel it for like weeks afterwards. I was going to say, that's the only down... Fry food is a young man's game. As a, I mean, the older <laughs> I get, you, the more I, I, say? I have to calculate like how much heartburn am I going to have? Yeah. How much time until I'm going to be asleep? Will right. that be a problem? <laughs> Do I need to like, yeah, drink hot water in between and like, you know... Oh, I'm I telling know, you, my body's betraying me just because yeah. I've abused it for I'm years sorry to, I'm years. sorry to ask about fried foods. <laughs> but you know what I will ask about is this week's guest. So our guest... This week, loves to cook because she loves to eat. Laura Lady is founder and CEO of Fry Away, a sustainable company which produces a plant-based, non-toxic powder which magically transforms used cooking oil into solid, organic waste. Laura has worked as an executive for some of the largest toy companies in the world, including Fisher-Price, Mattel, and Lego Laura and her family are pandemic transplants to New Hampshire, and she's already leaving her mark with Fry Away. Laura, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Welcome to BizCast. Welcome to New Hampshire. We're glad that you're part of our population now. Um, I want to get right to it because you are clearly no stranger to innovation. But why Fry Away? Well, you know... Like you said, I'm no stranger to innovation. Um, <laughs> I, I, I worked in the toy industry for over 18 years. Wow. Um, and I was fortunate enough during that time to work with some truly incredible creative strategists, innovators, designers um, that I learned a lot from. And, and then I really just got a lot of joy, um, you know, working with them. And, um, you know, the toy industry is unique in that it is constant innovation, um, every season, there's there's a new it toy. There's you have to find the way to keep a child engaged, and um, and so you're constantly looking for that for that new thing. Um, 
from a personal uh, perspective, I love to cook. You said it. I love to cook because I love to eat. Um, and uh, that is something that really draws back way deep down into my culture. I'm, I'm originally um, from Latin America. And um, eating is a big part of Latin American culture. Um, you know, we gather around food, we talk about food, we celebrate food. And, um, and so Fry Away is really um, an amalgamation of my professional um, life and all of the things that I enjoyed um, working as a toy marketer and, and product developer um, and my personal life, um, you know, the joy that I have um, for food, the love that I have for food and, and what it means and symbolizes in my life as um, an element that brings people together. Um, so Fry Away really came about as a... Um, kind of a, a combo of, of those two things that are so integral to my life. And if I'm not mistaken, and I, I love this part of the story, is that the the kernel that has become your, your product and company started at dinner party conversation. And dinner party conversation, while delightful, <laughs> does not typically lead to anything. So can you talk about <laughs> what came up and how this planted an entrepreneurial idea? It did. It did come up during dinner conversation. You know, like I said, a, a lot of my life centers around food. And most weekends, you'll find me in the kitchen preparing meals either with friends um, or at least enjoying those meals um, with, with friends. And um, so it was at one of these dinner um, dinner gatherings with some of my best friends that, um, you know, we start bringing up the, the week's topics, uh, you know, the, the week's current events. And it just so happened that um, the big topic of conversation that week was that a fatberg had just been discovered in <laughs> East London sewers. And this wasn't just a little clog in a sewer. This thing was monstrous. I mean, it was, I think, you know, several London double-decker bus size. Um, right. <laughs> oh my God. And massive. Ma absolutely massive. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things that just snowballed in terms of conversation where we were, we ended up laughing, tears rolling down our faces because we were talking about all the disgusting things that were found in these fatbergs from human hair to dentures to, I, I won't even go yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I have to say that I had never heard that term before. Mm. And, um, you know, I have a very curious mind. And I went down a rabbit hole just trying to understand, like, what are these things? And how are they? What, what causes them? Oh, it's human beings. We cause these things. So, um, you know, it's something that really stuck in my mind. And then fast forward um, a couple of years. And once again, um, we're having a, a, a gathering with friends, um, had just finished frying up a batch of, um, of Japanese fried chicken of karaage. Ooh. And um, we were on a septic tank this time. And I'm like, okay, so now, now what do I do with this oil? Mm -hmm. It's in the middle of the pandemic. Um, you have no idea, you know, what's going to be open, where can you recycle this stuff? Where's the closest recycling place? All these questions start coming up. And um, the whole fatbird conversation came back to me at that <laughs> point. And um, I thought, you know what, I, th I think that there's a better way. There's a better way than the way that our, our grandparents did it, of mm -hmm. pouring oil into an old can and letting it sit next to the stove <laughs> for a year and it, it you yeah. know, starts smelling rancid. Um, or what a lot of people do, which is pour it down the drain. Mm -hmm. And 
we've all been guilty of it. I am astonished every time I talk to someone about cooking oil, Mm -hmm. how many people admit that they actually do pour it down the drain. People that should know better, that do know better. Right, right. But it's it's the easy way, and yeah. you don't. It's gone. You you forget about it. You don't really think about what happens to it once it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you chase it, you know, with a little hot water and a little dish soap, and you think that everything's going <laughs> to be okay. Fine. But it's not. So yeah. how did you go from thinking about this problem, and 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 even when it got down to the like, it's not just you know this news story, but it's, I've got a septic tank in the middle of a pandemic that I do not want to have to worry about calling people for, you know, everyone kind of confronts those topics or issues from time to time, but no one ever really does anything about it. So what prompted you into action and thinking, you know, I, I'm sure I can come up with something that will solve this. I think that, you know, that goes back a little bit further, probably. And the, the fact that I've always had an entrepreneurial mind. Um, I think my husband by now has just gotten sick of all of the ideas that I've thrown at him. Um, and my family in general, there's like, oh, what what idea is Laura going to have this week? Um, and I think this was just one of those, you know, crazy idea. And you start digging into it. And it, it, it this time, it just felt like it had legs. Um, you know, I, 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 felt like this was a project that I could take on. Um, and I also thought, you know what, even if even if I create something and it doesn't become like this crazy success, there's got to be someone out there who needs it. There's mm-hmm. got to be someone out there who can use it. So I'll just I'll just try and see what happens. And so it it really everything was just very, very much homegrown. I mean, I I started experimenting in my kitchen, um, started doing a lot of reading and research online. I'm not a chemist, but I'm curious Mm -hmm. and I can read. (laughs) (laughs) Those are two good things to have. And um, I started looking into um, ways to um, solidify oil. Um, You know, there's, um, for example, what is it that makes... um, makes grease solid, um, what makes vegetable um, vegetable lard, um, like Crisco, what, mm-hmm. what is it that makes, that makes it solid? And just started kind of delving into what the chemical processes were behind that and then applied those to um, liquid oil um, to, to create my own product. How much R&D like did that, that require? <laughs> I mean, there must have been a lot of... There was experimenting and and, and failure before you get to success. There was a lot of experimenting, um, more than anything, just, you know, tracking every single little detail. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. so if I do this at this temperature, you know, what is the result? And at what point does it start, you know, looking different? What, Mm -hmm. what, what does it smell like? What does it look like? What color does it become? Um, so there was a lot of that type of, um, you know, just try testing, and when did you know you got to your eureka moment that you had it? Um, it was it was it was pretty clear. I mean, I you know there was there was a point where I had a a a, a pot of of oil um, that I had been testing a, a little bit already, and I poured in my 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 formulation, and 
Um, I started the timer <laughs> and I kept checking on it like, okay, it's, it's not doing anything. It's taking some time. And then I started jiggling the pan and I saw something happening. And then I came back a few minutes later and I had this solid mass in there. Um, and when I kind of stuck my spatula in there and started scooping it, it just, it, it stayed, um, mm-hmm. it stayed solid. And, um, so I think that was, that was the point where I thought, like, okay, I, I, I think I have something like I've, I've, you know, discovered a formulation that is, is not crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not super hard to procure. Um, it's something that I can produce at home myself, um, and that I can manufacture myself and the end result actually works from there. You know, I kept, it wasn't that I just had this solid, solid blob of a vegetable and I thought, okay, this is it <laughs> from there. I was like, okay, well I need to see if it's going to melt again. So, you know, you leave it for a week for two weeks. So that's where the the process gets lengthy because right. you need to see if the, the end result is going to maintain its integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did, and uh, and at that point, I thought, okay, this is it. Uh, this is this is my product. Um, I already had a name for it, and um, and at that point, I I started working out, um, you know, the the fun stuff for me, the the branding, the packaging, mm, the design, yeah. the communication. Um, that's that's the piece that I love. Which is great, by the way. Folks should visit your website and Thank check you. it out. It's just it's really. Um, it jumps and it's like, oh, I feel like I know basically what this is almost right away. So um, very, very cool. Um, you have mentioned a couple of times so far your mind. And I want to um, I want to see if we can dig into that a little bit, because it's literally a question that I had in terms of exploring your brain in the sense of you you think in a particular way you are, you know, uh, very focused, but also you know, innovative and, and all that. So but what I want to do is take it back to maybe your upbringing, your childhood, and and who, uh, where you grew up. You mentioned Latin America, and who was around you in those influences, and 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 perhaps those influences that stick today. So let's let's back up a little bit and see. So I, you know, I have to 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 start by saying that I I consider myself as coming from a long line of risk takers and adventurers. Nice. Um, and there's there there. Some some really um, incredible people in my life that that really you know formed who I am. Um, first and foremost, my grandfather, who um, was actually American from Arkansas, and um, when he was very young, he I'm going to kind of cut out a bit of the story, but he was very <laughs> young. Okay. He taught himself um, how to fly a plane. Mm-hmm. And um, he had heard that there was gold um, in Latin America. So he flew to Latin America to prospect for gold. And um, he did find gold and silver mines. And, um, you know, he ended up becoming the um, personal pilot of the Honduran president and then ended up um, actually starting the very first national airline in Honduras. Wow. Wow. Um, so he was, he was truly... Um, <clears throat> an adventurer, um, a risk taker, and was always starting new businesses. Um, that I think that same mentality then trickled over to my father, who, when he was 18 years old, um, his best friend dropped him off on the side of the highway in Honduras, and he hitchhiked to the U.S. with $10 in his pocket. Oh, my goodness. Um, to basically make a new life for himself. And um, 
He um, eventually made his way to New Orleans, where he enrolled in police academy so he could put himself through college Mm -hmm. and um, became the head of security for Chiquita Banana, which saw us moving back to um, to Honduras to live on a banana plantation. And um, so that's that's the that's kind of the upbringing that that I that I had. (laughs) Um, And then from there, you know, I actually lived most of my life outside of the U.S. Um, You know, from Honduras, we we moved to India, we moved to Spain. Um, I came back to the U.S. for high school, but then I went to to Italy um, for graduate school. And um, I just, you know, throughout my entire upbringing, the typical dinner conversation in our household was, um, you know, ideation mm-hmm. was the, and, and dreaming, you know. So, you know, what if, um, you know, what if we, we, we started this type of business and we moved over here and you guys could go to school over here? And it was, it was just <laughs> kind of an all over the place, but it was, there was never a limit to what, um, you know, we were, we were never limited by so-called capabilities mm-hmm. or, or finances. That never played a role. It was like, if you have an idea, you go for it mm-hmm. and everything else falls into place. I love that. I love that. We'll be right back. SkyTerra is one of the nation's top 50 Microsoft cloud solutions provider, and we're proud to be headquartered right here in New Hampshire. Please visit us at www.skyterratech.com to see how we help companies with their IT needs so they can concentrate on their business. Okay, we are back with Laura Lady from Fryaway, and we've got a million more questions, I'm sure, because we just dug into your early life uh, and, and, you know, moving around the world and, and a, a risk-taking, innovative family. Um, but maybe let's uh, start to track a little bit of your journey into the toy world. Um, so how did, how did you get into, you know, to starting that career and, and moving to some of, as we, as we said, the largest, you know, toy manufacturers in the world? So, you know, for an undergraduate, um, I, I went in um, into undergrad a little bit conflicted. I, I went in probably as most um, immigrant children go to college thinking that they want to do something that they're, that's going to make their parents proud. So I, uh, I went in pre-med. <laughs> and that lasted about two semesters until I reached organic chemistry. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is not for me. <laughs> um, and um, and I, I, I quickly turned to what I always, you know, all along knew, which is that in some form I wanted to be um, an international business person, you know, <laughs> nice. international woman of mystery, whatever yes, that means. Yes, um, So graduated from college and um, had the opportunity to actually go back to New Orleans and work um, in the mayor's office of New Orleans um, as deputy director for international relations and trade development. Um, so straight out of college, I had an incredible opportunity to be um, the city of New Orleans' eyes and ears towards um, the international business community. What I realized during that period was that what I liked most about that experience um, was um, was the the people communicating with people, and so when I went to grad school, um, I went specifically um, knowing that I wanted to um, have a concentration in, in marketing. 
Um, so I mentioned I, I went to grad school mm -hmm. in Italy. Um, during that time, I had the opportunity to work at L'Oreal um, Paris mm -hmm. and uh, as an intern. And um, that was probably, um, I would say, the most incredible marketing school that there is. <laughs> I, I mean, so. <laughs> you get a chance to go in and... I was go I was working on Studio Line, which back then was you know the hair care products, right. um, and um, and I absolutely loved that world. Um, but in my head, all marketing, all great marketing careers start in New York City, and so I made the decision to move to New York and and just kind of try my luck and see what would happen. Um, I went to New York without a job with basically no idea of what I was going to do. Um, but I had a friend who said, hey, look, you know, we're, we're looking for someone at my company um, to, you know, work in an entry-level marketing position. Why don't you apply? Um, that company was Fisher-Price, and the, um, the position was working on Disney. Oh, wow. And I ended up getting the job. And um, from the very first day, you know, sitting in a conference room with a designer sitting next to me, um, and we're in a team meeting, and we're just ideating products. And as I'm talking, the designer sitting next to me, you know, live sketching a Winnie the Pooh, and I thought, okay, I've landed. This yeah. is, yeah. this is it. It's like the, <laughs> the mothership the had called you home. Business version yes. of the dinner table or something. <laughs> exactly. Huh? Wow. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and so that, that was my entry point into the toy industry. And honestly, I never looked back. It, it's, it's, um, an industry that I, that I'm very passionate about. I still love, um, very much. And I've had the, you know, the great fortune to be able to work on some of the most loved character brands in the world. Um, I was going to say, what are some of the toys that you helped to bring to market and, and, and um, literally market. Yeah. Um, well, so at, at Fisher Price back then it was it was Disney. So um, Winnie the Pooh, which was you know that was probably my my childhood favorite. So that brought a lot of nostalgia too. I mean, it was something that I felt very close to. Um, and then you know through the years I've worked on Barney. You know the favorite purple oh, uh, yes. dinosaur. Um, I um, at, at Mattel um, I was actually um, on uh, Disney Frozen when, when the movie first launched. And man, was that crazy. Oh my goodness, I bet it was. <laughs> that was Probably that was still is. an <laughs> insane experience, um, you know, where the, the movie came out. It, it kind of was slow to gain traction in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, three, four months later, it exploded. Mm -hmm. And um, it caught everyone by surprise, in, including... Um, the retailers and um, <laughs> everyone was screaming for product, and we were shipping product all over the world and switching production lines, and it was it was a crazy time. Um, but um, yeah, Disney Princess, Disney Frozen, um, Little Mommy, and uh, and then I moved to Lego um, in Denmark. Say, talk mm. about one of your most iconic brands. What attracted you to go to Lego, and what was that experience like? Um, so I was actually recruited um, by Lego to work on their girls' business, and um, I, I leaped blindly. It, it just so happened that the first Lego movie had recently come out, 
And I remember sitting in the movie theater watching this movie and thinking, my God, these people are brilliant. They just made me sit through an hour and a half advertisement mm-hmm. of their product line. <laughs> yeah. And love it. Is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. And, um, and so for me, it was, um, there was absolutely just, it was a no-brainer. I, I, I told my husband, like, what do you think? We, you know, do you want to move to Denmark? And he's always up for an adventure. And so we did. And um, I just, I remember my first day walking towards the office, just kind of like pinching myself and laughing like a crazy person. I'm like, <laughs> what in the world did I just do? <laughs> um, but, um, it, you know, working at Lego is everything that you think it's going to be. It's, um, it, it, it's, it is a very kind of playful environment. Um, it is also extremely structured, um, huh. you know, I think Lego, um, Legos had, of course, tremendous success. They did go through through a patchy period where they almost went bankrupt, and that forced them to put a lot of structure into place um, and very rigid project management. Um, and so, you know, there was a lot of balance between how innovative you could be and how much you stayed within that structure. Anyway. All that aside, mm-hmm. um, I at, at Lego, um, I started out um, heading up development of DC Superhero Girls, um, which was um, a venture that we partnered with Warner Brothers. And that was incredibly fun. Again, you know, tapping into that nostalgia of being able to bring, you know, a teenage Wonder Woman and Supergirl and Batgirl to life and actually working with the story writers and working on the animation and the packaging and what all that was going to look like. Um, so that was, a, that was a ton of fun. Um, and then from there, I took over um, Lego Friends, which is kind of the crown jewel in the um, girls' Lego portfolio. It's um, their third largest um, theme in the portfolio. And Lego Friends was developed as a way, um, basically kind of like as a gateway to get girls interested in playing with Lego. And um, so I got in and, you know, kind of assessed the situation with the brand. And I thought, you know what, it's time for a refresh. And so I spearheaded a complete rebranding of Lego Friends um, across the board. I mean, we redid the characters, the story, the city, the animation, um, music, the, I mean, 360 degrees. And my claim to fame is that one of the characters is named after me. Oh, wow. I love it. We're in the presence of like royalty. I know. This is like something <laughs> else sound. altogether. My goodness. It's, this is you're so, so accomplished and such cool stuff. It's, I'm like, again, I have a million more questions. <laughs> and so after Lego, you and your family come back to the U.S. and you land in Boston and the pandemic hits and then you have this idea for the business and like many families you went maybe a major city is not the place we want to be right now so can you talk about that thought to you know move and why come over to New Hampshire and then what did that do to your entrepreneurial journey with Fryaway? So when we first moved to Boston, um, I was still working in toys. Um, I had actually, I started a consulting business um, helping foreign toy companies enter the U.S. market. So help, you know, helping to set up their operations and their sales force and getting them into retail. Um, 
So funnily enough, a lot of the groundwork that um, I'm now doing for Fry Away, I kind of cut my teeth on with that business. Mm-hmm. Um, once the pandemic hit, I have two small kids. Um, and uh, at that point, they were very small. So two years old and I guess uh, two and seven. Um, and, uh, you know, pretty pretty typical story back then. You've got two working parents in a city. Um, schools are closed. Daycares are closed. Your kids are basically parked in front of a TV 24-7, <laughs> which... For two parents who are, ex- like, we are extremely, like, a- against screens. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there was a lot of guilt there. Um, but on weekends, we would head out of the city whenever possible. And I'm not a big hiker, but I learned how to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> we all had to get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we started, um, you know, coming up north more and more on weekends. And my husband and I were like, you know, it's this is really nice. Maybe, maybe we, you know, look for something up here. And, you know, and it, very randomly, I saw a, um, a listing for a house and it looked amazing and beautiful. And I showed it to my husband. He's like, oh, let's go take a look. And we did. And we fell in love with the area. And here we are. Um, and we really haven't looked back. It's been um, an incredible experience for our daughters, um, you know, to just be out in nature and they love their schools, they have friends. Um, it's been amazing for someone like me who loves food to have access to so much amazing produce. And, you know, I've got my favorite bread stand and cheese stand and all <laughs> that stuff. Um, and uh, And yes, it was absolutely... Um, in my mind, the only way that, that I could have started Fry Away, I can't even imagine what it would have been like to start Fry Away out of a city apartment. Oh my goodness. Um, versus what it is now, which is out of, out of our garage. <laughs> um, but we have a garage. There you go. Right. You have a garage. You have the opportunity to have a garage. Um, as, so as it relates to, to where Fry Away is now, um, are you, and, and sort of what your trajectory is, I imagine you are thinking very forward. So where are you now? Where do you want to be going with this? And, and sort of what, you know, yeah. And when did you launch? Right. So it's been a year, um, right. about a year and one month. And when I think back to how much, um, how much we've accomplished in that year, it, it, it blows me away. Um, you know, we, I say we a lot, fly mm-hmm. away is me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I do this, I do the same thing with, with Cardinal. I do the same thing and it's always, there's a story behind it, right? Yeah. But it's we, yeah, it's, it's just, me. yeah. Um, and of course my husband is part of the, you know, he's, 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 he's part my sounding board yeah. and he's part of the we, but, yeah. but for all intents and purposes, and you cook for the me. kids, so they're part of the we, right? <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I I launched Fryway really on a on a very small budget. Um, I think I invested fifteen thousand dollars to start, mm-hmm. um, and within the second month of launching, we were already profitable and cash flow positive, um, which doesn't sound like a lot. I get fifteen thousand dollars in two months, okay, but um, you have to keep investing mm-hmm, and you right. keep spending, and so um, so I, I am proud of that. And um, and then within a year, um, to see how the brand has grown um, on Amazon, 
Um, we actually, it's going to be announced in, in a couple weeks, but we um, were just named um, Amazon Best New Seller of the Year. Nice. Wow. Congratulations. Um, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're launching our first retail um, store next month. We're launching an 1100 um stores of the wow. largest grocery store chain in the country. Wow. Um, and we'll be launching in the largest mass chain in the country in, in, in Q1. Um, so it's it's going gangbusters is the only <laughs> way I can describe it, uh, yeah. you know, within a year of being in business. That's spectacular. Wow. And so obviously you brought a lot of your marketing prowess to bear, but um, you know, what was key to marketing this particular product, um, particularly during a pandemic? Um, you know, I think for it, it, key to marketing any product, I think it's 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 really paying attention to what your your consumers are saying about it um, and 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 being flexible and iterating. And what you see now, um, Fryaway is has changed from what I first launched because, I've probably changed packaging five times since then to fine-tune <laughs> communication and, mm -hmm. and fine-tune instructions like, oh, people don't read instructions. So how can I make this more visual? Mm. Um, so there are a lot of things like that ha that have changed um, throughout the year with time. Um, and, uh, and then also just paying attention to, to how people are using it. Um, you know, it's been a bit surprising to me how many people buy Fry Away for bacon. Um, huh? and it's just one of those things that I would not have thought from, from the beginning, um, because at the end of the day, fry away was developed for larger quantities of oil and mm -hmm. for vegetable oil. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, bacon, like any animal fat eventually is going to at least kind of turn sludgy, mm -hmm. right? If you're mm -hmm. patient. Right. Yes. People yeah. are impatient. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> and so Fry Away has turned into a great solution for that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so it's kind of some of those those surprises that have happened along the way. Um, let's see. What else can I tell you? And so, um, <laughs> I, I take it you're using a contract manufacturer to produce this. So actually have been producing in our garage wow. most of the year. Mm -hmm. um, we ended up, we outsourced, so we have three three products. Um, we outsourced one of them back in April uh, just because we really couldn't keep up with demand. I mean, every time we'd see a, a spike in sales, it was all hands on board, including the kids. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> There's always a job. There's always a job. That's cool. Either packing boxes or doing something. Mm -hmm. um, and I do have help now. You know, I have people that, that two amazing ladies that, that come in during the week and help pack product and prepare shipments and stuff like that. But uh, I would have needed an army to keep up with the way that demand has gone. And, uh, and so, yes, we did outsource um, the first queue in, in April. Um, I just cr I created a fourth SKU for retail, which is the one that's going to be launching um, next month. That has already been outsourced, and uh, we will be outsourcing the remainder of production probably by Q1 of next so year. You'll yeah. get your garage back. I'll get my garage back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, couple, maybe a couple more questions, but. Um, 
you obviously from from career from your life uh, have traveled the world um what are i would say i was going to ask about sort of lessons around that but what are just some highlights of places that you've been that really have had an impact on you and why I mean, one of the things that that has also fed into into the why fry away, mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with travel and the different places that that I've grown up and, and traveled to, um, you know, living in, in places like India, Indonesia, um, there are significant um, issues with waste management mm. um, that impact daily life. And um, I think, you know, most recently um, we, we spent some time in, in Indonesia and in Bali mm. and seeing how choked up um, the beaches and the water, like you literally swim and you're like, you know, wading through plastic. Oh, man. Um, and, uh, and then you've got open sewer situations and, you know, all of those things have impacted me throughout my life mm-hmm. um, to where with Fry Away, um, for me, it's a way of, of, it's my way of giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why the sustainability aspect is so important to me with Fry Away. Um, you know, from the beginning, it's, you know, with every decision that I make for the company, it's always rooted in, you know, how can we make this as sustainable as possible? Um, that has driven the decision to be made in the USA um, to make sure that we're really supporting local suppliers whenever possible. Um, it has driven the decision to use sustainable packaging mm-hmm. as sustainable as can be. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. You know, I, I, I could get on a soapbox um, and talk about sustainable packaging for hours on end and <laughs> the lack of um, of access to sustainable mm-hmm. packaging for for startups. Um, but we do the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you and do you think the lack of access is just is is the type out there or is it is it um, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Is it a cost issue or for startups? What's the what's the roadblock there? I mean, at the end of the day, it does come down to cost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sustainable packaging is still in its infancy, mm-hmm. um, especially in this country. And so it's the larger corporations that have those R&D budgets to be able to develop new um, sustainable packaging options. And, um, and so they'll partner with packaging suppliers. They'll come up with the new materials. And if you want to tap into that, you have to come in with pretty significant MOQs, minimum mm-hmm. order quantities, mm-hmm. right. which for startups is difficult. Um, I am uh, relentless, if nothing else. <laughs> and if you tell me no, I will convince you that Fryaway has to be part of whatever pilot program you've got going on because this has to happen. And so um, in, that, in that sense, I um, have been really fortunate to be able to um, make sure that we're always using sustainable materials um, and, and actually really excited that starting next year, we'll be launching a fully recyclable packaging wow. um, option across our entire product line. Um, but um, so I know I'm veering off way you can, off like from... veer all day long it's totally okay because <laughs> from I'm the just question like, you asked no not at all no that's totally okay because i don't, honestly don't even remember what the question was oh we were talking about travel we were and things like that and just the influences yeah but um, no i mean it, it's it's all relevant and, and very interesting um so in terms of travel really for me travel again always comes back to food mm. um 
no matter where I go, what trip is planned, I, it, it, all, it is always, the itinerary is always planned around where I'm going to eat, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner, where I'm going to have coffee, where we're going to mm. stop for ice cream, and what other treats we're going to find along the way. Beautiful. And anything else that we might see is just langyap, as we say in New Orleans, mm-hmm. bonus. Um, but uh, that's, that's, what, um, that's what travel is to me. It's the, the smells, the, the, the taste, the sounds, um, and the experiences more so than the, all of the sites that cool. you're going to see or cool. the museums and all that stuff. Um, speaking of smells and tastes, we started by talking about fried foods, Matt and I. Um, and I think we could not end by finding, uh, without finding out rather, what your favorite fried food is. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> um, that that is. So for me, it's um, it's going to be a, a combination of things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, coming from my from my Latin culture, mm-hmm. um, it's it's going to be something like an empanada. Oh. Um, mm. or some sort of tostada or something oh. like that. Um, but then I can't forget my, my Nolan's girl mm. and fried chicken, uh. like a good, a, uh, you know, nothing better, nothing nope. better. <laughs> nope. Fried, fried chicken. That's, that's something that I just, I can't, I can never, yeah. you know, uh, um, avoid. So, um, do you and make do you make that at home too, fried chicken or? I you know I do, but um, in different forms. Like I said, the the Japanese version, oh, Japanese right. karaage, which yeah. is more like small bites, mm-hmm. um, is that's more that's more my jam when cool. I'm cooking at home. When it comes to like the big, <laughs> the big pieces, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I'm I'm not quite there yet. Gotcha. gotcha. And so the business um, is as you mentioned, hitting some very exciting milestones. Um, So when you look even beyond these big events that are now happening, where do you hope to take this company? Um, I mean, you know, physically, um, we're we're launching internet. We've already launched in Canada and and we'll be launching in Europe next year. I, idealistically or idealogically, whichever whichever way you want to look at it, um, you know, I think that what what Fryaway represents today, to me, is just the beginning. Um, you know, it's it's a way to increase awareness of a problem that is largely invisible, um, but that I think deserves um, deserves that that type of of education and and awareness. Um, Especially as we all know, our infrastructure is getting older and older, so mm-hmm. the problems are only going to get worse. Um, so, so, so what Fryaway is today is more than anything a platform to mm-hmm. raise awareness about a problem, and um, and what it what it is in the future. You know, I think um, there's so much potential in. Um, how we look at waste cooking oil um, beyond waste to something that is renewable, um, that is incredibly valuable, and that can be repurposed into other things, whether it's repurposing it into something useful like a candle um, or soap or 
something else or um, into, you know, feedstock for compost that can then grow vegetables. But how can we, you know, turn this resource um, at a household level into something that is truly circular that we can all benefit from? I love it. I love it. Thank you so much uh, for for joining us, um, for sharing your your life and your journeys and your career with us. Laura Lady is founder and CEO of Fryaway. Watch out for this one, folks. Thanks for joining us. And now the buzz. Just because a lot of us are working from home doesn't mean we escape necessarily the office politics or the toxic culture. In fact, according to a Purdue University study on workplace bullying, uh, nearly 49 million Americans are bullied at work and 30% of Americans have suffered abusive conduct at work. That blows me away. I'm sorry, but that like, we're adults. Shouldn't we be, especially at work, like adulting? And, you know, caring for one another and being respectful. You would think so, but you can just look around at the social media cesspools and just see, unfortunately, how far away we have gotten from being able to be cordial to one another when we have different opinions. And, you know, you would think that, you know, in this era, especially where we're able to do more remote work, that it would lessen that. But actually, you know, obviously there is a a huge problem now Mm -hmm. with cyberbullying and it goes well beyond our schools. Unfortunately, as adults, we're not setting great examples. No, unfortunately not. Um, yeah, so within this this information, this press release we were reading, um, they're talking about, you know, um, fa- facts and sort of the ways to deal with workplace bullying, but um, that that this woman was was bullied in the workplace and actually had to hire a lawyer to to uh, to help sort of get through this, was offered money to make it go away. And she, thankfully, said, no, I don't want the money. I just want an apology, which I thought was was pretty wild. Um, didn't get one, unfortunately, which tells you the, the state of things. But um, it just, it, again, it just amazes me that this, is, that this is happening and we're adults. However, it also talks about five things uh, we can do those, for those experiencing workplace bullying. Um, documenting everything. I think that's, you know, uh, that's sort of obvious because things may come to a head at some point. Um, Speaking with an attorney, as this individual did, um, it's sad that it has to get to that point. But of course, they're professionals and they can guide you and, and lead you in the right direction in terms of, you know, how to deal with this. Right. And other things they, they say to do is obviously, you know, don't retaliate, stay calm. Yeah, don't show know. up to their house and egg the house. Like, right. Go easy. <laughs> you know, and stay focused on the job and, and, and also, you know, just staying focused on um, what you need to do in order to extricate yourself from this and, and get the help that you need mm-hmm. um, to, to get out from underneath this bullying, which is yeah. not easy. And no. it, it, I think it also goes to show businesses need to take this very seriously. seriously. You know, this is an HR issue. um, And this is something that can come back and bite you as a business. Mm -hmm. um, If you aren't being responsive to this, right. And, you know, preventing a toxic work atmosphere goes beyond the four walls. Mm -hmm. Right. And I hate to sort of simplify things really, but I'm going to in this way. And it's, you know, on both sides, especially from the person who's bullying, it's like, let's just treat others the way we want to be treated. Can we just start there? That might help. 
Let's hope. That's what we're buzzing about this week. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the stories and information you heard on today's podcast, find more by subscribing to Business NH Magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Nathan Carroll. BizCast NH is a production of Granite Media Group.